0: Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, welcome to episode number 60 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. We are coming to you from Utah and uh, the beautiful Salt Lake City, and we've got a special guest host today because I believe Drew has his rental car out on the Great Salt Flats trying to see how fast that thing will go. So as always, I am Sam with Bowser Consulting, and this episode's special guest is Anthony. So uh, for those of you that don't know Anthony, he is an 18-store franchisee in the Cleveland, Ohio area going into his sixth year as uh, as a franchisee. So Anthony, great to have you on the podcast today. We're uh, just so glad to have you on the podcast. So let's jump into something that Drew and I have been beating the drum on for, for a number of episodes. And as I help Mike Rompel transition his 21 restaurants that he just purchased from Team USA, it has never been more apparent to me that the importance of setting full-fledged expectations for your team to plant those seeds. And to me, expectations are the seeds you plant to grow the culture that you want. We've got to make sure that they understand what these expectations are. And I had an experience just last night in a restaurant where the supervisor that I'm running around with, Kent, and I walked into a store and I didn't even recognize it. I didn't even recognize it as a Domino's pizza restaurant. We are talking and, and Mike Rompel is much like you, Anthony. He's just, he's a fanatic about image. And for me, I'm fanatical about image, not because I'm fanatical about image, because I, that's the way I think everybody should look. I'm fanatical about image because when you read the standards, which is the only thing that should matter, image is buttoned up from the tip of your head to the tip of your toes. And there's just no gray area in it. So to me, image should be one of the easiest things for a leader to set clear expectations because the only thing you have to do with image to set clear expectations is read the standards and share them and then hold people accountable to them. So we walked into this restaurant, and we saw three team members with the wrong pants, two team members without hats, none of the team members with their shirts tucked in, which is an image standard that that Mike has has made a little bit um, a little bit higher than the standard Domino standards. And I'm just thinking to myself, if we can't do this, if we can't get our people looking great, there's no way we can get to these. Metrics that we're looking for. So, Kent and I, I jumped on the make line and started doing production. And I had Kent start talking to team members one by one. And he probably had seven conversations in the course of 40 minutes bam, 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 bam. And three team members ended up going home to get into image correctly. But all seven of the conversations went really well. The team members were very receptive. And what that told me was that we've got a leader in that restaurant that is afraid. They're afraid that that team member is going to walk out if they ask them to please wear black pants instead of blue jeans. And that's not the case. Not one of those team members walked out. We expect all seven of those team members to show up for their shift today. The difference of today from yesterday is that we expect them to be in uniform today because now they've been told, now they understand how important it is, and we've got to set expectations if we expect any level of execution. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, it's,
1: this, it's the same no matter what market you're in. Actually, I can tell you from personal experience. You know, I was in one of my stores uh, last week. Here, we've had a change in man- management at that store, and. And it's the driver that's been at the store. And I've been in that store a couple of times. And it's like, hey, I've seen some pants. And I typically don't try to go in there and manage anyone's team members. So I brought that to the attention of the manager. And we fast forward here and come back again. And I see the same team member. And I just walk up to him and I say, hey, how's it going today? We have a conversation. And I, I go to him and I say, has anybody talked to you about your image at all? And he said, no. I says, okay, I, for my first question for you, are those uh, jeans that you have on? He said, yeah. I said, were you aware that you actually can't wear those here? I said, Absolutely not. <laughs> I said, You know, do you do you have um the correct pants? And I wonder what those were, and he said, He said, Yes. I said, Would you be willing to go and get those and get those on now? He said, Absolutely. I left six minutes away, ran home, got the correct pants on, came back in. And it's just, you know, people don't know because we are, you know, as to your point. Well, sometimes we're more afraid of the conversation because we make it big, bad, and scary inside of our head than it actually is. And Yes, that conversation can get really scary if I go over to you and I go, Sam, got on the wrong pants. Go change them. That's a, that's a conversation that probably doesn't go as well. But if you go over and we have an actual conversation around what's going on and you know, set those expectations, nine times out of ten, that conversation works out just well and the team member is willing to go ahead and make the changes that's needed. Now, sometimes they can't make that change because they don't have access to what's needed or it's something they can't do. But given time, they're willing to fix those issues. And if it's, so, if it's something like that, that's on us because we didn't set that clear expectation up front. So And in those instances, I believe we should allow the team member proper time to fix that because we didn't set that expectation up front for them. But it really is. Communication is kind of the lifeblood of everything that goes on. And we sometimes, in today's day and age, make conversations much more difficult than they are because we play them in our head. And to your point of, in today's generation, people wanted to be successful so much faster. I think part of that is we have so much access to knowledge and everything with social media and everything that everywhere you look at, all you see is success, The success to successes because that's what people put up there. It's, it's their highlight reel of life. And so you're always comparing yourself to that journey. And, and when I was a manager, I only knew my four walls. So I didn't necessarily know how great other people was doing. So in my mind, I was doing great no matter where I was. I was better than I was yesterday. I was working on that. And so I was really good. Well, today I can jump on Facebook and I can look anywhere and I can see, oh, my gosh, this manager over here is doing X, this manager is doing that. Well, why isn't my store doing that? And so we put, un- we put some pressure on ourselves that really should even be there just because we have so much access to information. And that kind of changes the landscape of things right now. And conversely to that, the information, the communication, so much of it now Is written. We've lost kind of the art of communication, communicating face to face, in person, talking. I I tell people all the time, you know, this business, I don't care where it is. It's shoulder to shoulder, side by side in a store. That's how we do this business. It's really hard to communicate the things we need to communicate in our business through an app, through a text message and things like that. Like you have to get inside of the store. You have to love on people. You have to talk to them. You have to communicate to them. And you really in this business, because there's so many changing things, shift to shift, day to day, that you have to be present with the team inside of the four walls, spending time with them. You know, I'm making kind of real time adjustments. It's almost like a sporting event. Yeah, you, know, you can't coach a team from at home. You, you really got to be down on the field in the press box, seeing what's going on, talking to them as the game's going on, making live adjustments in this business. So I don't know if you agree with that or not. But I really, really believe that our business is just one that you have to be present in, and you really got to communicate too. Because we can see metrics, we can see numbers, but they don't tell the story. Actually, <laughs> you know, unless you saw saw it happen, it's really hard to understand what truly really happens every day inside of the stores that we that we get the opportunity to run.
0: Yeah, I, you know, to answer your question, you're not sure if I agree with that or not. <laughs> it's a one hundred percent. Both feed in wholehearted yes, and you know I, I I struggle as a consultant who provides classroom style training and workshops to say what I'm about to say, but I think it's important that it be said. You know, Drew has put together just some fantastic above store leadership curriculum, and I've had the opportunity to be in the room when he's delivering that and go in the stores and do that. And, you know, I have been shoulder to shoulder with, with a supervisor here in Utah for two days. And I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to spend two days with a supervisor in Mike's stores on the islands. And the things that come up in real time just can't be duplicated in a classroom. And we can talk about, seven scenarios in a classroom, and we may never see those seven scenarios, and then there's a chance that we don't get to put that learning to use. But when we're talking about real-time situations with real human beings, and we can role-play it right after it happened, or we can role-play it right before it's going to happen, that's where the magic is. Or when you're standing right next to a 17-year-old pizza maker you're not talking about the theory of rim size portion placement bake. You're, you're putting it into action for somebody that's about to have a Domino's Pizza experience and you can impact that experience in real life. And there just is no replacement for that. And what, what saddens me in today's Domino's Pizza is the fact that our restaurants are so busy. And we are in an economy where anybody that wants a job has a job, that young leaders aren't getting the overlap that I had the luxury of getting when I was coming up as a leader. I always got side-by-side time with my general manager, and there were always two, maybe even three assistant managers, and whose shift is it tonight? We're all learning from each other and competing against one another. And we just had that real time on the job learning that is paramount to becoming a great leader. I was talking to a client just yesterday on the phone and he said, I've got this kid that's really good and I need to get him up to speed. What do you think I need to do to get him ready? And I said, you got to put somebody right next to him for two weeks solid. You got to put somebody right next to him that every time a decision comes up, They can talk about it in real time and they can see the benefits in real time and they can see, you know, the downfalls in real time to every decision they make and then talk about it. You know, you talk about sports teams and coaches on the field. They also have the luxury of Monday after the game of of looking at the game tape. And when I'm shoulder to shoulder with somebody, we can talk about the decision in real time and then we can look at the game tape two seconds later after the decision happens and we can learn from that. And those are the experiences that take rock solid pizza makers into rock solid leaders.
1: hundred percent. I, you know, I a hundred percent agree with you. Dan. And it's to, to your point, you know, the classroom has a, the classroom has a place, you know, in our, in our organization, we have the um, setup where we have kind of three distinct markets. So one of the things we're trying to do right now is we're transforming a, a classroom place, that's attached to the store in each of those markets because you do have to have the opportunity to kind of get away from the action, look at what's going on and kind of see that. that. But then it's also great to be able to walk through a set of doors and then go put it into practice right away. You know, it's it's, it's best when the, both of those days can be connected. What I saw in the classroom and what actually happens, is sometimes, like, you know, we just see what happened in a classroom, but then we don't get a chance to put it into action. So, you know, what we're looking at doing is we want to set that up and each of those markets and then we want to hey go in a classroom watch some videos talk about the theory but then walk through the doors and actually go ahead and do it and you know one of the decisions we made a couple weeks ago is i had to pull one of my guys Adolfo, who you know and i said hey this is what i want you to do like all i want you to do is be side by side with someone i don't care we don't open a store on time i don't care what we do but this is what has to come first and this is side by side training with them and so we're running the program of just going through the training program but the most important part was we've been trying to do it forever and it just hasn't really worked out because the most important part of training wasn't happening and that was scheduling the trainer (laughs) you know you have to have the trainer that does it and it's very hard in our business and to kind of train on the fly especially with the things that we have going on right now it's hard to kind of give that dedicated training and time that you need to that trainee when things are actually happening so he's kind of been Going through the process and going inside of the store and working side by side with them in a fully functional store. And I got to tell you that um, two individuals that we've gotten out of that program so far, absolutely phenomenal. And so we talked about it with the team at a couple of our assistant manager meetings, and they were all floored by it. And they're like, I wish I had got that kind of training. I wish I had got that. And it's like, hey, you know, our goal is to go back and get everybody that kind of training but let us first you know, get enough people through the training so that we can can pull you back out of the stores and then give you that training and send you back into it. But, you know, training is probably the most important part of our business and sometimes the most overlooked part of the business because nothing happens without a well-trained team. And I think Stan had it best when he he set the class back in the day, train hard and fight easy. And if you have a well-trained team, that Friday night rush is very, very easy. You don't have a trained team that Friday night rush gets very overwhelming very quickly. And in our business, um, once you get behind, it's very hard to catch up at because the orders just keep coming and they keep coming and they don't stop. So training is just something that's truly, truly important. And one of those things, we just have to make sure we, we keep investing in. And it's not something that always leads to a tangible result that we can see on the PLs today. But if you fast forward 18, 18 months, 24 months, I believe when, you, when it's done correctly, it's something you'll be able to see the results in because your team will be better. You'll have a better team with better results. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's that word that nobody likes to talk about, but profitability. Profitability should be better because we've taken great care of the customer. So sales will be higher. We have a better team managing those sales and then more flows down to that bottom line, profitability.
0: We've got to get to a place where we normalize profitability. It shouldn't be a dirty word. It shouldn't be a dirty subject. You know, our team members should be well aware that we are a for-profit entity, and that's what provides the opportunities for all of us. There's nothing wrong with being a for-profit entity. There's nothing wrong with somebody investing hundreds of thousands of dollars into a restaurant to provide opportunity for folks and expecting a return on that investment. That's, that's. That's one of the things that makes our country as great as our country is. And that's the opportunity for people to invest in things and, and make a, a living for themselves. So I think we've gotta, we've got to normalize that we are a for-profit entity. There's nothing wrong with that. So Anthony, this conversation has just been fantastic. Thank you so much for reaching out. It was wonderful to have you on. Let's kind of tie up in a little bow here what we talked about. It starts, gang, with setting clear-cut expectations in your restaurants. And I think when we're setting clear-cut expectations, we've got to understand that people don't have the same life experiences that we do. So we've got to set expectations on everything, including what color are their shoes, what color are their pants, that a pizza has to meet, rim, size, portion, placement, bake. Then we've got to understand that for them, to be what they want to be, which in my experiences, they want to be good. We've got to get that side-by-side training and we've got to give them coaching when they need it. And we've got to recognize them when they do things right. And if we start to do those things better, I think we're going to start to see that Domino's pizza can be what Domino's pizza is supposed to be. And that's a fun, exciting experience that provides opportunities that, in my humble opinion, are unmatched by any other opportunity there is. Anthony, it's been just an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been great. And yeah, I do want to add one last thing to what you said. Uh,
1: you know, with those life experiences, I, you know, we were supposed to record this yesterday. And unfortunately, I was inside of a store and I was taking apart a three compartment sink because that had got clogged by uh, the... The millions of things that have got put down at three compartment sink and talking to the team. We kind of look at that cleaning and sanitation part of training and goes, well, do I really have to teach somebody how to wash dishes? What well, we really do because I start asking people questions about, hey, what do we do with this waste? What do we do with that? And really, it's one of those things that I just wash the dishes and it goes there. So, that their communication and expectations, there's nothing too small that you can train your team on because. It can prove a big problem. So I'm glad that you had the opportunity to have me on and you let me come on and talk with you. It's been great as always chatting and I look forward
0: to doing it again some other time in the future. Sounds great, man. Hey gang, this has been episode number 60 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I'm Sam with Bowser Consulting and today's special guest host is...
1: Anthony Satterway with Domino's Pisa in Cleveland, Ohio. Beautiful Cleveland, Ohio.
0: We would love it if you would like these episodes, share them with your friends. If you post on social media that you followed the podcast, you'll get just an amazing Drew and Sam talk training hat pin. And as always, gang, go out there and sell more pizza and have more fun. We'll see you next time. Thanks. That's all folks